Okay, everybody, I think we are live on Facebook. So welcome along to the new episode of the Boostly podcast, the first one of 2023 to go live. So welcome along if you're watching on Facebook. Uh, this is the podcast that gives you the tools, the tactics and the trainings to go out there and get more direct bookings. And of course, the confidence at the end of the day, you do need the confidence to go out and get direct bookings. So if you've not listened to a podcast before, which hopefully you have, um, you may know the format of these, but on this particular one, we go behind a host who's successful and got an inspirational story. And today we've got Brian Hatcher, who is sharing a lot of how to brand a business. We're going to dive into all aspects, including things like uh, guest experience and just generally talk about his um, his journey in hospitality, which is going to be cool. So settle in for the next sort of 20, 30 minutes where we're going to learn uh, from Brian and, and find out how things are going for him. If you haven't already on Facebook, uh, let us know if you're watching, you know, where you're watching from. And uh, yeah, let's get started. So Brian is from Elite Escapes and uh, you can check out Elite Escapes uh, by going to eliteescapes.travel. And um, he's just had a Boostly web page or web design done uh, with us, which is, is cool. So go and check that out. And you can see some of his amazing places and um, really just get to know his business. So Brian, welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Happy to share. So Brian, let's let's start off by saying, hey, who is Brian Hatcher? Yeah. Um, so my name is Brian Hatcher, also known as the real estate hacker. And I am a consultant, a real estate investor, and the founder of Elite Escapes, which is a resort-driven STR company. Nice. And um, so you're you say um a what led um company did you say just say that phrase again for me again yeah resort driven str company and i i try to think about the way i kind of want to describe it to people but um essentially what we're doing is a, a version of rental arbitrage but exclusively with different resorts all over the world nice which is very different isn't it this is very different so i'm excited to to dive into into this so can you give us a brief history well really of the of how you've got into this, you know, what did you do before this? And, uh, you know, how did you get the hospitality bug? Yeah. Uh, so I started out as an accountant an auditor and knew relatively quickly that that was not where I wanted to be, uh, spending 40, 50, 60 hours a week. Um, especially during busy season, just kind of, you know, pushing, pushing the paper and, I knew I kind of needed to craft a way to escape that life. And so I settled in on real estate investing early on. I was um, listening to a lot of Bigger Pockets podcasts, reading some of their books, trying to just learn the, uh, the tools of the trade and uh, settled in on, okay, I'm going to buy a house each year and try to house hack, you know, live in one, rent out the other, and then just kind of try to slowly build my way up and build up a nice portfolio over time. And um as I started down that journey, I think I was on my second house and uh, I got sent a podcast that was centered around short-term rentals by um, one of my coaches actually now. Uh, his name is Mike Schrogren. And uh, I remember being blown away by just what was going on in the short-term rental space. And I was like, I have to get started in this. So that's what really kicked it off for me being like, okay, I'm going to dive into this Airbnb journey. Mike, we, we certainly know Mike from, from Nashville uh, <laughs> last year and uh, some of the amazing stuff he's doing. So uh, definitely um, somebody who is is getting people hooked into into hospitality oh, and for good reason. So one thing that I'd love to ask is, is there anything that may surprise people about yourself or, or a fact, just so we can get to know you a little bit better? 
Yeah, one thing that might surprise some people is I'm a big foodie, but I'm also, I, I love to cook. Um, and I cook a lot almost every single day. That surprises a lot of people, especially when uh, people who come to my house sometimes and I'm like, oh, yeah, we don't have to go anywhere. I'm going to make dinner. They're like, oh, you know how to cook. So nice. Um, nice. Yeah, it's a, certainly a skill that I could do with. So, uh, yeah, well done on that. And what does the business look like now? So can you introduce us to what your business looks like? What kind of model you mentioned it was resort uh, driven? How many units and, and who do you host? You know, is, is it sounds as though it's more leisure based. Yeah. So essentially Elite Escapes, like I said, is is a we focus on developing contracts, relationships, and uh obtaining deeds to resort networks. And these are resort networks that your average person is familiar with, uh, whether it be Wyndham, uh, Marriott, Hilton, Worldmark, you know, all of these are different companies that have different portfolios of resorts, and they often offer access to them through timeshare contracts or deeds. And a lot of times you can only stay at these types of locations if you actually have a contract or an ownership within that network. But there are specific deeds that do allow you to get access to bonus inventory and inventory specials. And if you're an owner, you then can kind of uh, rent. You can choose to stay at that last minute inventory without using your contract points or your contract weeks that are included in your timeshare. Or uh, you can also send guests there at a discounted rate typically. Uh, and so what we have done is built systems and processes around that. And we market uh, that inventory to various guests on OTAs and our direct booking website to basically expand our reach and help those resorts stay full. So it's kind of like a win-win a for everybody. That's and um, That's the, cool. Yeah, thank you. Um, the the target market, or I think the the primary group of people that we serve a lot of times are last minute travelers and budget travelers, I think by default, partially because of the business model, since our booking window is typically open only about 90 days out since we're selling last minute inventory a lot of the time. So people who like to live on the edge, I say sometimes they, uh, we actually have, have, this, have had this happen multiple times where people are flying standby or something and they're waiting to make sure they're they're actually going to get on the flight before booking and uh, they're booking the day of sometimes. But we also do get a lot of business travelers. Uh, we'll have whole companies. We've had that happen. A lot of times they'll reach out to us they and they want a whole block of rooms. So we might book, you know, 10 to 12 units for a company. It might be a small company. And they really like the units and the locations that we have because of most of the time they're in metropolitan areas or if they're in a kind of a city, they're in, you know, really close to attractions. And if they're more coastal or in a vacation spot, they typically have a lot of access to things that, um, you know, people are, are really wanting to be close to. That's that's not in a residential area. So um, that's what makes it, I think, attractive to both those budget travelers as well as those business travelers. That's cool. And with these resorts and especially for we've got a mix of UK and, and US listeners, what do these resorts offer different to, say, you know, a block of apartments? That's a great question. So these resorts, I would say, are a mix in between a apartment complex and a full service hotel, right? So I think your unit is going to have everything that your typical STR is going to have. You know, you're going to have your your bedrooms, kitchens, bathrooms, but then you're also going to have your appliances and all of the utensils and everything in your kitchen. You're going to have a full kitchen all those things. You are, unlike an apartment though, you are going to have a full staff on site as well that can assist you 
with different things. And then you're also going to have typically local amenities within the building. Some amenities range from, you know, a tennis court to jacuzzis and hot tubs to, you know, sometimes they'll have their own events going on at the um, building. So you get a little bit more than you would if you were just to stay at a traditional um, apartment that was an Airbnb. And then the location as well, you're typically going to be, if it's at a in a city, you, you might be right downtown and get all of those benefits, whereas you might not get that from just a normal Airbnb in a suburb or a residential area. So let me get this right. So this the like a hotel, and that makes it more attractive to guests because you've got all these cool amenities, which many places don't have. And at the same time, that place is happy for you to to get them full because obviously it's, it's utilizing their services and you know at the end of the day the owners are, are then happy or, or that is it kind of a management model is that how it works or is this more leased kind of places yeah it's more of a management model we do have ownership so we have ownership through a contract well depending on which resort network you you kind of want to do this with it might be either a direct contract with an, an individual or a deed that can be owned by an llc or an individual and that's what really breaks down the terms, whether it is you might have a structure where you have certain management fees or maintenance fees that you're paying every single month, every single quarter or every single year. And then typically there is a large upfront cost to get that um, initial contract or deed. Uh, but that upfront cost does not have to be, it's typically very large if you are going to directly to the resort network to purchase it. You can use the secondary market and find some really good deals on those as well. That's cool. And I don't know many people who are doing exactly this. So this is I'm, I'm really excited about this. And how did you stumble into this compared to the standard? Um, a lot of people are finding regular apartments or, or regular houses. I know you mentioned that uh, Mike has put you on to on short term rental, but this particular part of it was there. Is this something that's brought with you from the real estate experience or or how did this all happen? Yeah. So actually it was through another podcast and uh, shout out to Micah Artis and Live Let Thrive. Um, those guys over there, I remember I, it was a while back now, so I, I don't remember the exact episode, but he was going over this, this kind of model. And I was like, man, that seems really interesting. And so I ended up reaching out to him and that kind of started the whole pathway forward. I love that. I love the fact that's a, an amalgamation of of knowledge from two different places to, to to form this, which is really cool. So let's go slightly deeper. You, you mentioned that, um, you know, why you wanted to get into this business. Can you expand on how you felt when you made that jump into this business and um, really, you know, the feelings you had at the time to, you know, how the business is running now? Yeah. So I really got into short-term rentals initially before the the Elite Escapes through property that I owned. And, and I really enjoyed the opportunity to create experiences for people. You know, I think life is ultimately just a summation of experiences. And when you can add and create significant experiences for other people, it's a really um, fulfilling feeling. And getting that taste the very first time I, I remember hosting my first guest, it was just like, wow, this is really fun. Like outside of just kind of the benefits of the income and the freedom that it allows you, I was, it was just something that really made me want to get up out of bed and like be good at it. And so I think that just drove me to do more and find more, more ways to get that feeling, uh, whether it was, you know, acquiring and purchasing more property or kind of scaling into what we have now with Elite Escapes. Nice, nice. And sticking with the, the deeper question. So when it comes down to success, obviously, um, you know, looking back 
of when you started that you couldn't know you know how successful it's going to be but what what does success mean to you and and why i think a lot of times people look at success like it is a finish line or a destination but i think that success is is more of a process i think that success is when you find the process that allows you the time and space for continuous improvement and when you find that process I think it's inevitable that you will reach success. And so I think if you can focus more on finding your process of what success is for you versus actually looking at it as once I'm there or once I've done this, I'm successful, you're far more likely to be successful over time. I love it. So what would you say has been your biggest kind of success so far or your biggest wow moment? My biggest success, I think, has been Ali Escapes. <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest wow moment has just been as as I continue to to do this business, as I continue to try to to grow uh, both personally and from a business standpoint, that everything really comes down to you and your mindset. I think that once you really understand that, I think you start to have a lot of wow moments. Um, a lot of fear goes away. A lot of limits start getting taken off of things, and you decide to. Uh, become more a matter of fact, take a lot more action on things when you realize that most of the things that were holding you back is yourself. So that's probably been my biggest wow moment coming to that realization and being able to look back and recognize that. That's cool. And if I flip that same question and say, hey, what's your biggest challenge that you've had to date? You know, whether that's personal or, or in the business, uh, what would you say? So personally, the I think the biggest challenge has been um, going back to kind of what I talked about with success has been finding what that process is like for myself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's someone something that we all kind of struggle with sometimes, whether you're an entrepreneur or an investor. I think allowing yourself that the the time to fail, experiment, try different things. And I think once you kind of get through that challenge of of learning that process, things become a lot easier. Um, I think from a business standpoint, uh, learning how to grow and scale has been the biggest challenge. I think it's uh, a lot, it's it's different when you kind of have uh, one or two properties or even just a handful and, you know, the income is very nice and the systems are, are good. And I think we all kind of hit this point where it's like, okay, I know I want to grow more, but I also know that's going to take up a lot more work and I'm working a ton and you hit this roadblock where you really have to develop uh, new skills like building a team, systems and processes, if you really want to kind of break past that wall and be able to scale. And so learning how to how to really lead and build a team and uh, scale and expand the business, I think was was the most difficult challenge on the business side. Do you know that what you're talking about there is is just something which I don't think is talked about enough, which you do have to just learn skills, general business skills. You know, you can, yeah. you can learn all of the stuff, but at the end of the day, nobody teaches you how to build a team or how to manage a team or right. um, how to break through that mindset barrier of going, oh my God, there's no safety net here. I need to, you know, I need to figure out this problem. And, uh, and often we do as, as entrepreneurs so and hosts. So what would you say, um, just looking at the the things that have happened, if you had to track, you mentioned, you know, that Elite Escapes has been the the big success. How did you track what property locations work? Is there any kind of softwares that you use or, or how did you know that these resorts would be popular as, um, you know, on this model? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And I think part of this is due to uh, my background as a data and analytics consultant after being an auditor, that's what I moved into. 
Um, so that's a big advantage. <laughs> if you analyze data and you're getting the right data, then uh, yeah, amazing. Yeah. So uh, of course, leveraging things like AirDNA, uh, just to get a good overview, a high level overview of what markets look like. Mm -hmm. um, and then for our specific model, it goes into understanding what's hot during what time of the year. And so since we have so many locations, it's easy to just be like, oh, well, we should be covered throughout the majority of the year because whether it's, you know, ski season or whether it's the middle, the hottest time of the summer, we have locations that should appeal to all people. But uh, you really can hone in your marketing efforts on where, you know, people are traveling the most during a time of the year. And so mm -hmm. leveraging uh, AirDNA as well as just kind of um, normal research to, to try to understand travel trends where where people are going during what time of the year for example during the back end of last year we had a lot of people traveling to our hawaii locations our florida locations our southern california locations some of those warmer areas because they're wanting to get out of the cold maybe uh and now as we really move into um, what i like to call like ski season we're getting a lot of people staying at our um, steamboat springs and uh, pagosa springs and colorado type of resorts so uh, we'll focus on not only marketing those more, but uh, trying to acquire and attain more rooms, more units in those specific areas so that we can capitalize on those travel trends. You know, I think you've hit a really good point because one of the things that people worry about as they scale, especially from managing from distance and all over um, across different sort of cities, um, different counties or states, is that they're worried obviously about how they're going to do it but the advantage of of having these in very different locations is that you diversify and de-risk your business by having income coming in from this place while this place hasn't got a huge amount of income and then vice versa which is really cool and um like you say as, as long as you've got the knowledge you mentioned air dna and i know there'll be people listening to this going what what is air dna you know and that's a great application or subscription that you can then pay for different places to get a lot of data on Airbnb and, and short-term rentals where you can find out the occupancy levels and, uh, you know, the average nightly rates and what the seasonality looks like in these places. So yeah, that's a, an amazing tool and, and thank you for sharing. So, and to that point too, I mean, the, the seasonality is, is huge as um taking into account the strategy that, you know, I just mentioned, because when you understand the peak seasons of specific areas, you not only can focus your marketing efforts, but you also can adjust your nightly rates, um, knowing that, okay, because this is hot, a hot area during this time of the year, I can maybe get 20, 30% more uh, than I typically would when it's a slower time of the year. So that's cool. And is there anything critical or crucial for the guests? And I guess this would depend on the location, but there is there anything that you always whichever units you go for or whatever locations you go for, is there anything in particular which is really crucial that you always go, do you know what? It's got to have at least, you know, A, B, and C or anything like that. Um, we we try to standardize and make sure that all of our units at a at a minimum have kind of the basic amenities. We don't want to bring on any type of uh, resorts or any type of units that don't don't kind of hit the the standard mark that we want to for to serve our guests. But I don't I wouldn't say we have any any type of really hard uh criteria on what type of units that we like to bring on. I think as long as we can make sure that it fits within its, its full service, that they have a good staff on site that we can work with um, and have a relationship with should there be any type of problems, uh, as well as just kind of some some solid amenities, 
We do try to stay away from places that maybe don't have that many amenities, but if they're in a really prime spot um, with not as many amenities, we, we will likely consider it. And just off the top of my head, that makes me think of uh, one of our, um, I think it's San Francisco properties where it's, it's pretty bare bones, but it's like right in the heart of the city. So people love to stay there. <laughs> Nice. And I know one of the questions which people will be nudging me to ask is how many units are you are you looking after? I didn't catch it at the start, Brian. Yeah. So right now it fluctuates uh, because we do kind of turn on and off uh, units depending on certain times of the year and kind of add and take away depending on just kind of focusing on our revenue. But we are at right around 330 today, I believe. So amazing. So um, not not just a not just a few that 330 is <laughs> is is massive. So um yeah, congratulations and, and well done. And what does it take in terms of tech to run a company which has, you know, on and off 330 units? Yeah. Um, number one, you need an amazing property management system. And I actually interviewed with probably every single property management system to figure out which one would be the best for this business. I ended up falling in love with OwnerRes. I really like it. It's very robust. Um, it has all the features that we need to run our, our operation. Of course, Price Labs, you've got to make sure you have some sort of revenue management system to really capture and not leave as any kind of revenue on the table. You want something that is being able to scan the market, the supply and demand and adjust your rates daily. We also like to use Loom. You know, we talked about scaling and I think that is a, a software that is necessary to build out your systems and your processes and document them, record yourself, you know, whether it is, hey, this is the, the typical type of stuff we want to say to guests, whether we are writing it to them or whether we're on the phone, this is how we want to our listings to, to look, this is how we want our copy to be, whatever the systems process is and kind of how you want to resolve issues and problems, all of that needs to be documented. And so Loom has been a, a key piece of the business, especially as we continue to scale. Amazing. And you know, that's one of the ones which often gets forgotten about Loom does because it's one, and somebody once told me this is, Hey, if a piece of software or something you're trying to use is, is not easy to use and you're not, you're, you're kind of, I've, I've used organizational tools before where I'm finding I'm having to think about using them to organize myself. And that takes yeah. away the whole, <laughs> whole reason to doing it. So when you've got things like Loom, which I use without even thinking about now, that's how you know a piece of tech really works. And another one I use is like LastPass for, for you know, sort of storing of passwords, things which I just use every day as part of the the day-to-day -day running of, of a business, which is cool. So when it comes down to your your scale of, you know, up to 330 units on, on and off, what would you say in terms of a team you've needed to to get to where you are now? And how has it changed since you know since the early days that 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 team both in size and also who do you need who who are your vips on your team or or you know the the mvps i should say that is a great question um in the beginning like most people it was just me and i think it is crucial while a lot of people talk about like oh scaling and building a team i do think it's important and crucial to be everything in your business at least for a little bit really just so you can understand at great depth, everything in your business and how to do everything in your business. I think as you scale and grow, you kind of can start to think about where you're spending the majority of your time, what adds the most value to your business and slowly start to offload those things to build out a job description to then start trying to hire. The One of the biggest, well, the biggest person in my business today is my operations manager. 
He is a rock star. He is more than an MVP. He, I mean, honestly can, can run the business better than me. <laughs> he thinks about things. Oftentimes he corrects me on, on systems or things, uh, things that need to be done, uh, always brings great suggestions forward. I think it's important to find someone who really understands your business, but also is incentivized for your business to grow uh, by. So I think aligning incentives with um, people that you do hire is very important because if they want to grow your business, it's more likely that your business you know, will grow with them on your team. Um, I do also have a few operations associates that work under the operations manager, as well as some part-time people that assist for maybe one-off needs and specific things that we need, whether we, we want something special built out for marketing efforts or campaigns, and we're going to add it to our listings uh, to try to push them to guests. We might just have someone externally do that. But um, yeah, we don't have that big of a team. A lot of times people are, think I, I have like a, a very large team. We currently only ha have about four people. But that able that allows us to really run everything smoothly. So, but we are expanding actually. So, <laughs> well, that's amazing. And like you say, with the right tech and the right systems and the right people, um, you know, it's not sometimes quality over over quantity, isn't it? So, yeah. was there one question I'd love to ask? Is and and this is probably more personally for me. Is was there what was the you mentioned mindset earlier on? Was the mindset having to push through the challenges harder in the early days, say one to 30 or 50 units, or was it harder after say a hundred units or, you know, is it, is it now when, when you're a, a large business, um, when would you say has been the biggest challenge sort of from that mindset, you know, looking back? I think it's hardest early when our, so if I think about the progression of elite escapes, we started with maybe like eight units and that was really just me learning the ropes and then scaled up to, I think about 20 ish units. And that was when it was kind of like, oh, wow, like this takes up all my time and this is kind of crazy. Um, and so that's where I feel like the mindset shift of feeling like you're the only person who can do everything and feeling like you, I feel like sometimes it's natural to want to do things when certain things come up, especially when you are the owner or, you know, when you're kind of the face of the company or the brand, whatever it may be. I think when, you know, a guest has an issue, you think, well, I, I need to per be the person to solve this or uh, when something comes up. But I think you have to get into the mindset of, well, if I do that, that's going to take away from the person that I'm trying to lead and train to ultimately learn how to take these things on. So you have to get into that mindset of how can I, on a consistent basis, delegate the things that I feel like or that I think that I should be doing to allow someone else the opportunity to grow. And I think the more you do that, the easier it starts to become over time. Um, you're still going to have that knee-jerk reaction to be like, oh, I should do it. I should do it. But I think the more you can separate and use that as an opportunity to say, I should teach or I should try to um, help someone learn how to do this, the easier it will be to, to grow and scale over time. There's so many people who needed to hear that as well, because I was literally talking to a host earlier on who literally, if I could just soundbite that and send that to him, then um, <laughs> yeah, that would be perfect. So thank you for that. You mentioned one of the things is is the brand. And I, I definitely want to dive into that because I've gone on uh, eliteescapes.travel and, you know, the brand, we talked about the logo before we went live. How, what advice would you have to for people around branding, especially, I guess, if they're starting out or or just in general at any level of their hospitality business? Yeah. I mean, I think the power of branding is around us every single day. Um, even when you just think about something down to as simple as like Starbucks. 
you know, I think we all have been to maybe like a local coffee shop that has coffee that's probably a little better than Starbucks, but Starbucks has a strong, strong brand. And that's what keeps people constantly going there every single day. And I think if you can build a strong brand, that's honestly can be the most valuable thing that you have, whether it's a personal brand or a business brand. And branding is really important with Elite Escapes because the product that we're selling at the end of the day is not extremely unique to just us because we're partnered with these um, different resort networks that also have their own brand loyalty and their own uh, customers. But we look at ourselves, if you think about it, uh, kind of as like retailers, right? So um, if you think of here in the US, we have a big box electronic store called Best Buy. I'm not sure if you guys have that over there in the UK. We, we've uh, we've got, there's a, I think there was one or two stores that we haven't got it regularly. I think that may, they may have even pulled back out of the UK, but I know I can picture the logo. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, Best Buy is a, is a large retailer that essentially just resells some of the most popular electronics that you can find. They sell, you can buy an iPhone from Apple or you can buy an iPhone from Best Buy. And, you know, ask people sometimes, I'm like, why would you go to Best Buy to buy something over Apple? Well, Best Buy is going to give you a completely different customer service experience. At most Best Buys, they have what's called like the Geek Squad. They have store representatives in there who will walk you through the technology, explain to you why you might want this piece of technology over the other. Um, they have a whole, they have their own return and sales policy that's completely different than Apple's. They have a lot better customer service and customer support. You can always get somebody face-to-face. -face. And so that customer experience is what is going to draw someone to the retailer who is reselling a product that they might, that they're not actually producing versus going to the manufacturer of that product. And due to the relationship they might have with the manufacturer of that product, they also might be able to sell you that product at a lower price than the manufacturer. Um, and so essentially that is them building their own brand. What those extra pieces that Best Buy adds is part of Best Buy's brand and what continues to make them successful and allow people to go or want to go shop there. And we're doing much of the same thing. You know, we provide a concierge-like experience to people, giving them a discounted price, which is, I feel like, a very underserved uh, group of people, budget travelers and last-minute travelers. And so I think when you can provide an amazing customer service experience, give people recommendations, handle all of their issues, um, on top of giving them a great place to stay, even if they were existing customers of the manufacturer, which we've had guests come to us and specifically say, you know, we stayed at this resort every year and now we're always going to stay with you guys because it was such a pleasant experience. And so I think that the power of branding is is something that you kind of really want to focus on because it can it can jumpstart and bolster your business. I love how powerful branding is. And, and the example you've given about Best Buy certainly rings true. And I actually read an article recently how a lot of brands are actually um, simplifying their brands. So like Pringles and things like that are actually simplifying that. And actually how brands change over time, their, their logos and the brand actually change. But the one thing that remains the same is you, you know the feeling that that brand gives. I mean, if you go and stay... Uh, uh, you know, a hotel chain over here called Premier Inn versus a travel lodge, you know, like, so there's, there, there's different things that you can do. Or, or if you go to certain restaurants, you know, the kind of the branding, you know, the feel that it is, is at. And, and like you say, it's so powerful as uh, an independent company that people recognize um, Elite Escapes as, as that brand, which is cool. So again, I encourage everyone listening to uh, go and check out uh, Elite Escapes. What is it? Dot 
uh, travel. travel yes yeah um so yeah go and check them out um you've obviously just got the boostly website as well which i'm excited uh, to see how that do, do, um, does and you've also um you did mention you have uh increased your direct bookings um just before the call which is cool so thank you for that I want to be really respectful of your time, Brian, and I know uh, we sort of set across a certain amount of time for this, but I also would love to just ask you um, a couple more questions. So first of all, what does the future look like uh, for the company? Yeah, so um, the future is to hopefully have units and resorts uh, across every major continent. This year, we're, we're planning to expand to Europe. Very excited about that. Hopefully, you know, I'll get some locations over there in the UK. You guys can come stay with uh, Elite Escapes. Um, you know, I think ultimately we want to position ourselves to be the premier um, OTA for resorts across the world. And that's that's essentially the goal. So I think we're going to continue to strive and work toward that. Um, I think we want to hit more than a thousand units before the end of the year this year. Amazing and uh, lo lofty goals. But at the end of the day, you know, that's something which I can see that you're going to achieve and I'm excited for you. So that's 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 cool. So as we come towards the end of these, we just love to do a uh, just a fun question. We'll we'll get at least one in, which is uh, Brian. What would be your superpower if you had one? Ah, my superpower. I think my superpower is persistence. I am outrageously persistent, probably to to a fault at times. Um, if you ask like any of my family or friends, if I like lose something, like it could be something like my keys or like a pair of sunglasses. I'll spend hours looking for it. Like I'm so like when I when something takes a hold in my head or an idea, I'm extremely persistent to to try to get it done. And it's a blessing and a curse, but um more times than not, I think it it helps me come out on top. So <laughs> nice, nice. So it's, it's a good trait to have at the end of the day. Is there a motto, a saying, or a mantra that you like to live by, or one that really resonates with you? Um, dream work, or I'm sorry, teamwork makes the dream work. I think. Going back to a lot of the things we mentioned about growing, scaling, leading, and developing, I think anything um, notable or anything significant that you want to do or build is much easier if you have a team, if you're doing it with people, if you're building a community of people around you to help support that. So I think teamwork, teamwork, teamwork is is one of the most important things to help you realize your dreams. I love it. My um my five year old frequently I say dream uh, teamwork and he finishes it says makes the makes the dream work. So um yeah it is it's it's one that is resonates and sounds good as well, doesn't it? So yeah, that's that's it. So before we close, um, how do we get in touch with you? How do we follow you? Um, you know where where should we go and learn more about both Elite Escapes and yourself, Bro? Yeah. Um, so for Elite Escapes, you can definitely go to EliteEscapes.travel. Um, and the social media on Instagram is the same thing, at EliteEscapes.travel. Uh, if you want to uh, learn more from me specifically and follow me on social media, uh, my personal brand is at The Real Estate Hacker. Uh, and then the website for that is going to be at, uh, I'm sorry, TheRealEstateHacker.com. And so, yeah, you can check that out. And I do offer some different services as well as on social media, I'm starting to really ramp up and get into the content creation. So 
um, definitely give me a follow and some feedback on my reels if you if you can. <laughs> definitely. Hey, I'm going to give you a follow up to this, and I'm sure other people will. And at the end of the day, if they want to learn this sort of stuff, if there's any any services or products, then uh, they're the places to check out. And um, yeah, that's been really cool. So thank you so much for for coming on uh, the the Boostly podcast. I've certainly learned a lot, and I know the people listening will have done as well. Is there anything I missed? Any questions or last moment closing comments before we close? No, you know, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to continuing to work with Boosley uh, over, the, over the coming year. Well, thank you very much, Brian. And and ultimately, everybody else who's watching this on the live or if you're listening on the podcast, I know there's a lot of places you can put your attention and we thank you for putting it with Boosley. Hopefully, this is going to help you get some more direct bookings by putting into action uh, some of the stuff, you know, about brand that we've learned tonight and also some of these awesome strategies, which you may not have known about. So, Thank you so much. Um, that's it for us. I'll see you on the next one. Bye for now.